Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Welcome to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Happy Friday to everybody out there. Just a reminder, you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key. We've got a great show for you. Going to talk about the NFL Draft. Welcome back, Ronald Acuna Jr. to the Atlanta Braves and the Columbus River Dragons. Game one of the Commissioner's Cup Finals tonight against Watertown. Before we start the show, I just want to say I'm going to have Gabe Reynolds on. He will be joining me shortly. I got to tell you that documentary that I did yesterday about the 2006 Northern Little League World Series champions. What a success. A great documentary. Check it out on Apple Podcasts. Let's go ahead and get right into the NFL draft. Round one was last night. And with the first overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars take Trayvon Walker, which I thought was a reach. I thought Aiden Hutchinson was going to be the number one overall pick. So Aiden Hutchinson falls to the Detroit Lions, but what were the Atlanta Falcons thinking? With the number eight pick, they get wide receiver Drake London. I'm not even sure if he's the best wide receiver in the draft. You have serious needs on defense. You know, Kyle Hamilton was still available. They could have got the edge rusher, Jermaine Johnson. I don't know what the Falcons were thinking getting Drake London with this pick. Maybe they were thinking, well, we lost Calvin Ridley for the season due to gambling, and we don't have a number one wide receiver. I hope this works out, and they could get some defense on free agency or pick up some defensive stars in round two. I mean, N'Kobe Dean is still out there on the draft board. I don't know if he's going to fall to the Falcons. So rounds two and three will be tonight, and then rounds four and seven will be this Saturday. Some surprises in the NFL draft, Malik Willis is still on the board. The only quarterback that was taken was Kenny Pickett as he was taken number 20 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of trades on draft night as the Titans traded A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles for picks. You have Hollywood Brown going to the Arizona Cardinals for picks as the Baltimore Ravens actually had a pretty decent draft as lo and behold, Kyle Hamilton falls into their lap. You know he's going to be a star in Baltimore. Baltimore just seems to get great players in the NFL draft every year. Some of the head-scratching picks, I'm looking at, like, the real winner was the New York Jets. They had three first-round picks. They got probably three players that are going to be stars on that team. Sauce Gardner, he could be a Pro Bowl cornerback for years to come. They got probably the best wide receiver in the draft. This is who the Falcons should have gotten if they were thinking about getting the best wide receiver. They got Garrett Wilson and with the number 10 pick. And then they got an edge rusher that fell all the way to them at 26, Jermaine Johnson. That's who the Falcons should have taken with the number overall eight with the eighth overall pick. A head scratcher. Telling you. Even though I like the pick by Detroit getting Aiden Hutchinson, 
Hutchinson just falling into Detroit's lap. He was considered the best player on the board. Not too sure why they ended up getting Jamison Williams at number 12. If you wanted to get him, the Saints traded up to get Chris Olave. I mean, they're looking at weapons. They still don't have a quarterback. I mean, because I'm not sure if Jamison, I'm not sure if Jameis Winston is the guy. The New York football Giants got a pretty good draft. Kayvon Thibodeau falls right to their lap at number five. And then they also get the talented offensive tackle, Evan Neal. So they got size on the line, and they've got a great offensive line now with Evan Neal. Evan Neal could go over to the right side as you got Brandon Thomas over on the left side. So the tackle positions are sealed up for the Giants. They did not exercise the option for Daniel Jones, and I'm just concerned that maybe they don't have the right quarterback. I like the pick by Seattle, getting Charles Cross. He's going to be a very good offensive tackle. The Washington Commanders, they trade down and get the wide receiver, Jahan Dotson. And the Tennessee Titans get Traylon Burks, the wide receiver. I know what the Titans are trying to do. They're trying to ship off A.J. Brown because he wants too much money. Go get a wide receiver that's a little bit cheaper. So they get Traylon Burks. Fits in the scheme of what the Titans want to do. The Dallas Cowboys get off as a tackle Tyler Smith. I'll talk to my guest Gabe Reynolds, who's a big Cowboys fan, about that pick. See what he thinks. Devin Lloyd. I thought that Devin Lloyd was the best middle linebacker coming out of this draft. Falls to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Another team that I'm not sure what they were thinking. Maybe they were watching the national championship game and saw all those great defensive players for the University of Georgia. The Packers ended up getting linebacker Quay Walker and then Devontae Wyatt, the defensive tackle, down with the 28th pick. And Aaron Rodgers has got to be sitting at home scratching his head like, I just lost Devontae Adams, but the Packers can't give me any weapons in the first round. I mean, their defense is fine. They have the Smith brothers. They have... I like the pick, Jordan Davis, going to the Philadelphia Eagles at number 13. So let's talk about the University of Georgia. Because the first time in history, one college team had five defensive players go in the first round. And they're not done because right on the board for the second round is N'Kobe Dean. If you're a Georgia Bulldogs fan and you saw all those defensive players go in the first round, you got to look at the team next year and think, that they're going to take a step back on the defensive side of the ball. And that worries me. I'm not saying that Georgia can't win a national championship. I'm just saying you lose all that star power on defense, and you start to wonder if maybe last year was just a special year where it all clicked. That's for another podcast. All right, let's move on to baseball. Welcome back, Ronald Acuna Jr. As the Atlanta Braves defeat the Chicago Cubs 5-1, to one. they take two out of three against the Cubbies, and they get ready for a road trip to Arlington to take on the Texas Rangers. Ronald Acuna Jr. was in the leadoff spot as he went one for five. I hope that Acuna Jr. gets back to his MVP form Because with the loss of Freddie Freeman, we need a face of this team, a star like Ronald Acuna Jr. And he came back a lot quicker than people anticipated as he rehabbed from that ACL injury. And so it's a great sight to see him back in a Braves uniform. The NBA playoffs are rolling along and we still have one game to decide. 
I'll discuss with Gabe what he thinks about that series between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Game six tonight in Minnesota. All the other teams have advanced. 76ers, the Phoenix Suns, the Dallas Mavericks. So here's what the NBA playoffs looks like for the second round. So on Sunday, game one between the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. That is going to be an exciting series. And then games one between the 76ers and the Miami Heat. And then you also have the Dallas Mavericks taking on the Phoenix Suns. So the winner of the Memphis Grizzlies-Minnesota Timberwolves series will take on the Golden State Warriors. If the Grizzlies win, the Grizzlies will have home court. If Minnesota wins, Golden State will have home court. This has been the most exciting game. This has been the most exciting series in the first round. And I cannot wait. Hey, we got playoffs tonight in the FPHL Commissioner's Cup as the Columbus River Dragons Game one at the Columbus Civic Center taking on the Watertown Wolves. I am excited about this game. I cannot wait because I will be in attendance tonight at the Civic Center. And then the Columbus Lions will travel to San Antonio to take on the San Antonio Gunslingers. And you can watch that game on the National Arena League's YouTube channel. And we also have high school baseball playoffs. I don't want to forget about that. LaGrange and Troop County in the second round of the GHSAA high school baseball playoffs. Columbus doing very well. I anticipate Glenwood winning another state title as Columbus defeated Howard on Wednesday 10 to nothing. They are currently 20 and 11 overall as they prepare for the state baseball playoffs. Just taking a look at your state baseball playoffs for GHSAA. LaGrange defeats Spalding, and so they will take on Flowery Branch. Uh, Shaw's season came to an end as they lose to Perry. And you had Columbus defeat Howard 10-0, so they will take on North Oconee. And we also had Troop County defeat West Lawrence, and they will take on Maris. So you got three teams still in the region for 4A, still in these baseball playoffs. Congratulations to Glenwood for reaching the Final Four. And a special shout-out to the girls' soccer team from Russell County for making it into the playoffs. I know their field is going to be ready, and I cannot wait until Russell County asks me to be their public address announcer because they know my history with soccer as I'm the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Rapids. And Maybe that would be a good opportunity to network and see if uh, any of those players uh, are interested in trying out for the Rapids someday. All right, I think it's about that time. I'm going to go ahead and get Gabe Reynolds on this show. We're going to talk about the NFL draft and the NBA playoffs and uh, whatever's on his mind. All right, we'll be back in a few.
Welcome back to the show. Just a reminder, you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan. And back on the show, it seems like it's been a long time, Gabe, since I've talked to you. Welcome back to the Sports Beak. I know we haven't talked to each other in weeks. Yeah, man, it's been a while, man. We've been busy uh, with, with work and, and, and vacation, but the sports world ain't stopped, and there's a lot of stuff we got to talk about to catch up on. Glad to be back, Rich. Glad to have you back. Let's dive deep into the NFL draft. Of course, Trayvon Walker gets selected overall number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars. What surprised you the most about the NFL draft? And I know that you're a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. Were you shocked with their pick as well? No, nah, I think I think the Cowboys made a safe pick with the drafting of a, of a lineman. You know, that's that's kind of their MO. They like they like that. And they lost a lot of people in free agency uh, this year. I think the surprise of the draft was probably the uh, Titans trading A.J. Brown to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, that shocked me, too. Right now, they are going ballistic in Nashville. But the guy that they picked uh, out of Arkansas is actually A.J. Brown clone. He's just as big just as physical than A.J. Brown, and you're getting him at a cheaper price. So, But I think, you know, A.J. was proven, and now you got um, a guy coming in that's unproven. Are the Titans trying to go back and starting to rebuild now, or or what are they going to do? Which team had the best draft, in your opinion, and which team were you watching the TV thinking, what were they thinking? Um, I probably would say the, uh, the Jets had the better draft. With their pick, they got three first round picks. Getting the wide receiver out of Ohio State, Sauce Gardner out of uh, Cincinnati, Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State, and then you turn around and at the end of the draft, you pick up the defensive end and uh, Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. They got three cornerstone pieces right there for that team, and they gave uh, uh, Costalia a, a good focal point and a future to build around going forward. I absolutely agree with you. I feel the Jets had the best night last night in Las Vegas, not because they had three first-round picks. It's because I feel they hit home runs on all three of their picks. Garrett Wilson may be the best wide receiver in this draft. I know the Falcons got Drake London. I don't think Drake London is the best wide receiver in this draft, so that's the team that I'm just scratching my head thinking, what are you doing? You know, This game is one in the trenches. The Falcons couldn't get Jermaine Johnson. I, I'm surprised that he slipped all the way to 26 to New York. But which team were you scratching at? Mine is the Falcons, but which team were you like, what are you thinking? Probably, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm kind of was like, the Falcons needed a wide receiver. You could have got Jamison Williams out of Alabama. You could have got Olave out of Ohio State. And you got this guy like – I've never really heard of him out of USC. I, I was kind of scratching my head at that. Like you took, he wasn't even projected to be the first wide receiver off the board. Exactly. That one was kind of a head scratch, especially with Alave and Williams on the board at, at, at that pick. And you didn't go, you didn't go get him. So that one kind of worried me a little bit. Are you shocked that Malik Willis is still on the board that he did not get picked in the first round? Not really shocked. They, they, it was back and forth for the longest between him and Kenny Pickett, and I think because P- 
Pickett was in in Pittsburgh, played at Pittsburgh, and the Steelers picked him, they were able to see him for two years up close and impersonal. So they kind of got the hometown pick right there. I actually think that coming up next, you know, Carolina needs a, a quarterback. And they've talked about drafting the quarterback of the future. I can see Carolina picking Malik Willis up in the second round. I honestly feel like my favorite part of the draft is actually seeing the Friday night, the second and the third round. Of course, my San Francisco 49ers will have three picks in that. Of course, they didn't have a first round pick because they traded away to move up last year to get Trey Lance. But I'm looking at who's on the clock first in the second round. Gabe, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are right there with the first pick in the second round of the draft. Do they go linebacker getting to Kobe Dean, or do you think they might take a chance on a backup quarterback for Tom Brady? Because he can't play forever. Now that I'm looking at it, I actually think if Tampa Bay doesn't take Malik Willis, you look down, the Titans got the, uh, the third pick in the second round because of the, the trade with uh, the Jets. If, if Malik Willis is sitting there at 35, it would be very hard-pressed for the Titans to not go ahead and pick the quarterback of the future in Malik Willis. Because Tannehill, you're only going to get one to two more years out of him. Agree. You are also a big Alabama Crimson Tide fan, so you've seen all their games. These players that were drafted in the first round, what teams are they – what type of players are each team getting? Of course, Evan Neal getting drafted by the Giants. Jamison Williams getting drafted by the Detroit Lions. Okay, yeah, tell us about those players. So Neil, uh, you're getting, you're getting, you're getting, you're getting a tall, and you're getting a, a, a you're basically getting a walk on that offensive line. That's what uh, the Giants have gotten, and they need some help in the trenches. Neil is big and he's like ferocious. He's going to run you over like creating the lanes for those running backs. Saquon Barkley running behind him. John, Daniel Jones standing back there getting extra protection. He's big. He's long. He's six foot eight. Like, he puts his arm up. He's like seven, seven, four, seven, five. So you're not getting over him. He's going to give you that wall that you need. And if you run behind him, that's a big man to try to, to, try to take down. Okay? So you're getting that out of uh, – out of Evan Neal. Jamison Williams, everybody knows, everybody said, if Williams hadn't a guy hurt in that national championship game, Alabama wins that national championship. There's nobody that Georgia had. And Georgia had five defensive players get picked in the first round. Williams is just a, a different type of athlete. Just think if Williams and Olave would have stayed together at Ohio State, now you're talking about Ohio State possibly winning the uh, college football championship because you got speed on both sides. And Williams is – he actually slipped because of the ACL injury. Exactly. If Williams is healthy, he goes – he probably goes to the Falcons at the seventh pick. One player I am shocked that he dropped as far as he did, safety Kyle Hamilton. But guess what? The rich keep getting richer. He's going to the Baltimore Ravens, who's always been a well-run organization – they always seem to find gems later in the first round. And I guarantee you, Kyle Hamilton is not only going to be a starting safety for the Baltimore Ravens, he could possibly make a couple of Pro Bowls because the Ravens find the best out of their players. What do you think about that pick that Baltimore got, Kyle Hamilton at 14? 
Ed Reed Jr. He is in the prototype of Ed Reed. Remember when Ed Reed was in the backfield knocking people's heads off for the uh, Ravens? Oh, yeah. That's who they got. They got another Ed Reed. What type of career do you think Kenny Pickett's going to have in Pittsburgh? It all depends on the weapons that they put around him. You know, one thing that Roethlisberger uh, that that hurt him the last two years, the O-line wasn't good enough. They got to rebuild the O-line. Yeah, it's good. You got you got Mason Rudolph, Trubisky, you got Rudolph, and now you got Pickett. So the competition is going to be there, but that does no good if you don't have an offensive line to keep you upright. You got to have an offensive line, and he's got to have weapons. That's what it's going to come down to. I think he'll have a good career if they keep him healthy and keep him upright and they get him to pieces. He can have a really good career. He's got a strong arm. He's got a high IQ. He can make the throws, but you just got to give him the protection. That's all he needs. All right, Gabe, let's talk about your Dallas Cowboys, who with the safe pick, the 24th overall pick, they get Tyler Smith, the offensive tackle out of Tulsa. I'm a little surprised because Jerry Jones usually makes the big splash, getting CeeDee Lamb a couple years ago, getting Micah Parsons, actually trading down to get Micah Parsons, which was a home run pick. But what do you think about their pick getting Tyler Smith at 24? Given the fact that the Cowboys lost Lyle Collins and a couple of the offensive linemen to free agency, this was a pick that they had to have. It didn't it, uh, If they went and got um, – a linebacker, a wide receiver, or anything like that. You know, the Cowboys build, they build through the O-line. And if you look back in the past, the t- when they were successful, the O-line was was the, was the cornerstone. Without go back to the 90s. Emmitt Smith is not is not running for those yards without the O-line being there. Zeke is not able to get his yards in the beginning of his career. He was able to get those yards because the O-line was strong. What made Dak Prescott dangerous was because the O-line was strong. You can have all the weapons and everything else, but if that O-line is not there for the Cowboys, it doesn't matter. So this was a good safe pick, but it was also a needed pick because they're very thin on the O-line right now. All right, Gabe, final question about the NFL draft, then we'll move on to the NBA playoffs. Which pick in the first round would you predict is going to be a bust? And which pick in the first round are you projecting they are going to be a multi-pro bowl or possibly Hall of Famer? I would probably say Iquanu out of the offensive tackle out of NC State is probably going to be the bust. And I think um, Thibodeau is going to have multiple Pro Bowls. He's going to be up there with – he's going to be in the conversations with Reggie White, Charles Haley, uh, Ken Norton. He's going to be one of those defensive-type players. He's going to be a game-changer for uh, the Giants. Gabe, I absolutely agree, and he also has the personality that fits the New York media market. Yep. Yep. All right. Switching gears, because you are a Memphis Grizzlies fan. They are the only team left in the first round that has to play Minnesota tonight. Game six, this series going back and forth. Gabe, I'm excited about these NBA playoffs. I know we have round two coming up next week. Of course, the Golden State Warriors will await the winner of Memphis and Minnesota. But 
they've got to win this game tonight, right, in Minnesota, game six? Because you don't want it to go back to a game seven because anything can happen in a game seven. No, all the pressure is on Minnesota right now to force a game seven. And one thing, if you look at it, if you looked at the games uh, during this series, Memphis hasn't played the best basketball, okay? Minnesota has been up in every game. And in most games, they've been up double digit. okay? So the Grizzlies have had to come back in game two. They had to come back in game uh, five. The Grizzlies have yet to play their best basketball, but they're still finding ways to win the game. That's the thing about the Grizzlies. Like, they can be down. They can be down 20. They can be down 25. And they still grit and grind their way back. But then they have that flash at the same time. Go back to uh, game five. John Moran had 13 points in the game before he had that posterizing dunk right at the end of the third quarter. And then after that, he just took over the game after that in the fourth quarter. And he wheeled the Grizzlies to a win. That team plays – it's not dependent on one person. Moran is, is, the, is the focal point, but you got Desmond Bain. Bain is probably playing the best basketball of his career right now. Jaron Jackson Jr., in my opinion, is like really irking me. He is – Rudy Gay 2.0 right now. I need Jaron Jackson Jr. to go play ball, to go get a bucket. The one that really did it for me in, in, in that game, uh, in game five, they didn't even run the offense through him. He just went and got buckets. Offensive rebounds, uh, putbacks. Brandon Clark, they didn't run the offense through him at all. He got all his points off putbacks and rebounds. He got in there and did he, was, he did the dirty work. He was muscling the boards and everything. He did all the dirty work. And that was that's what you need. That's what you need right there. You get what I'm saying? I agree. So, so he, 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 he played his role to the team the other night. And that helped. That really helped the uh, Grizzlies uh, make that run and come back. I actually feel because Minnesota has already blown two leads in this series that John Morant put back on Tuesday night was the dagger. And I think that Minnesota doesn't have anything left. I believe the Grizzlies close it out in game six and they move on to Golden State in the second round. I definitely agree, but I think it's going to, I think they're going to play. I think they're going to, they're going to bring it, but they're not going to be, they're not going to be able to bring it as much as you got to, it's a, it's a two headed show. Anthony Edwards is going to get here. Carl Anthony Towns is going to get his. Pat Beverly doesn't give you much. And basically, the Grizzlies are going to go – Tyler Jenkins is going to have the Grizzlies going back to the game plan where they're going to double Anthony Edwards. They're going to run two at him, and they're just going to get physical with uh, Carl Anthony Towns. And if not, if nobody on the bench steps up and does anything, if DeAndre Russell goes four for ten like he did the other night, it's over. You had – Anthony Towns and you had uh, Anthony Edwards. Carnton Towns and Anthony Edwards, those are your scores. Everybody else gave you uh, – D'Angelo Russell gave you 12. Prince gave you 10. Nobody else gave you anything in double digits. Well, we have three of the four matchups in the second round set. Of course, on Sunday, the Boston Celtics will take on the Milwaukee Bucks. You have the Phoenix Suns taking on the Dallas Mavericks. 
and you have the Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Miami Heat, and the Golden State Warriors will await the winner of the Memphis-Minnesota series. Gabe, who do you like coming out of the East? I mean, you can't root against the uh, defending champs right now to come out the East. I still like uh, Milwaukee. Oh, even without Chris Middleton in the lineup? I still like them. Like, they haven't shown me anything that, that's like, all right, we need, to, uh, we need to take a step back and look at something. They're still playing at a high level right now. So I still like, I still like them coming out of the East. I do like the matchups in the East. The Boston Celtics-Milwaukee, I think that could go seven games. Philly and Miami could go seven games. Miami does have the home court. I slightly favor Philly because they have Joel Embiid. And it just depends on which James Harden shows up. Miami has one of the best defenses in the league. I think they're going to throw bodies at James Harden. I think that's a great matchup to see Jimmy Butler going up against James Harden. And, you know, the way Miami played Atlanta, and I got to throw it back to Atlanta, Gabe, because Trey Young just completely disappeared in the playoffs. And Atlanta does not have an option two or an option three. I know DeAndre Hunter scored over 30 points in game five, but as a Georgia resident and as a transplant Hawks fan that roots for him locally here in Georgia, I am hugely, I'm gratefully disappointed in the performance of the Atlanta Hawks in the NBA playoffs. They just don't have, they just don't, he just doesn't have any help. So like you said, they don't have a, a, a number two option. Like everything is, is Trey Young. You stop if you stop Trey Young, you you stop them. You you gotta he's gotta get another another person another scoring uh threat because right now he's they're very easy to guard. Like hey, we just gotta stop Trey. Okay, let Trey get his. Stop everybody else. So it's like, what do you do? What do you do? Exactly. Well, Gabe, I really am just excited about these NBA playoffs and hopefully it'll be Golden State and Memphis. And so we could get you on the podcast next week. And, you know, I'm a lifelong Golden State Warriors fan. and I know you're a Grizzlies fan. I can't wait to just get on and just kind of go back and forth and see which is the better team. And I know Memphis can keep it physical. They've already played the Golden State Warriors in the 2015 playoffs. But, I mean, I, I just don't know if you can go against the Warriors. I mean, they have all this championship experience, so it should be fun. Well, remember, Memphis has bulletin board material from Golden State. Remember, Golden State traded Andre Iguodala to the Grizzlies. Iguodala made a statement that said he didn't want to waste his time playing for a team in a rebuild. And the Grizzlies, he basically was on the roster – Never showed up, didn't play, didn't suit up, didn't come, and he forced his way out to Miami. Those Grizzly players never forgot about that. That's still on their mind. So when they play and Iguodala is back because he's only going to be out um, the beginning of the uh, second round, when he comes back, that's going to give them added motivation. Now, granted, when the Grizzlies won those games this season against the Warriors, they weren't at, they weren't the Warriors that we see now. They didn't have and one couple of times they didn't have Clay. Couple of, one game they didn't have uh Steph. I think one game they didn't have Draymond. So they haven't played this this Warriors team at full strength. 
Well, they got to get by Minnesota first, but hopefully they can get by them and close out this game tonight up in Minnesota so they could take on the Gold State Warriors in the second round of the playoffs. Gabe, as always, thank you so much. The last time you were on the podcast, we were really into March Madness. We had the Final Four. Um, just real quick before we close this podcast, uh, what was your thoughts on the Final Four and the championship with Kansas beating North Carolina? That was a great game. That that Final Four was 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 pretty epic. Uh, North Carolina ending Coach K's uh, career, and then North Carolina giving Kansas everything they could handle all the way down the stretch for, for, for that championship. And, you know, Carolina returning four of their five starters from that game. And they, and they did it with a first-year coach. Um, Remy Martin played really well um, for them. Um, Obaji. Is it Obaji? Yeah, it's Obaji. Obaji played good for Kansas. Like I was, that was a really good game. I was I was on it and into it from the beginning. Um, the one thing that kind of that was kind of shocking was at the end was the announcement of Jay Wright retiring from Villanova. So I was like, man, love I, I love Jay Wright. I love Villanova. I love the way his teams play. I just hope that you know we see Jay Wright surface, you know, in the NBA. I think he's a I think he's a great he will be a great NBA coach, kind of like in kind of like how Billy Donovan is uh for the Bulls. I think he will be a great coach in the in the NBA. Who's gonna be the Lakers next head coach? I don't think nobody wants it. I think everybody running from it. I think they're more so waiting to see what the uh what the roster and what the uh the budget is gonna be like. I got nothing against LeBron James. But LeBron James, he is a head coach killer. He basically gets rid of all the younger talent to try to get people in there that he wants, not realizing that when you do that, you don't have no help. Just think of Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. Just think if they would have stayed. Kyle Kuzma, just think if they would have stayed. You would have had some depth and you would have had a bench. You would have draft picks. You, you, you went and got Russell Westbrook. You, you went and got uh, Carmelo Anthony. You went and got Dwight Howard. That, that team wasn't going to make it. So right. now you got no young prospects to even come. So why would a coach want to go there, not even knowing if you're going to have a team, if LeBron is going to be there, and if, like, what it's, – it's, that whole thing just needs to be blown up. Nothing against Rob Palenka, but I see why Magic Johnson left when he did. Also, final thing before we close, because I know you got an opinion on the whole Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving debacle. Of course, the Brooklyn Nets got swept by the Boston Celtics. They got on a podcast about three years ago saying, hey, we don't need a coach. We could coach ourselves. Uh, it Dynasties don't work unless you have an elite head coach. I don't think Steve Nash is an elite head coach. What's your opinion on the whole Brooklyn debacle? And do they blow it up next year? I think they blow it up. Um, I, that, that little experiment with Steve Nash coming out there, I, that, that's not working. One thing about it, you know, Steve Nash was a great player. Is he a good coach? No. Is he an okay coach? Yes. He was good enough when they were, remember at one point during the season, the Nets were in first place in the East. Then Durant got hurt. Harden wanted out. 
Nash is not the coach that you need for that team. He's not Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd paid his dues. He was an assistant. He was a head coach first, then worked out, went and became an assistant, learned the ropes, and now he's back as a head coach. And look what he's done with Dallas. He's doing the X's and O's. They wanted Steve Nash to be the next Jason Kidd. That's not it. You may have to go get for, for them. I, I mean, you got two coaches right there on the ESPN broadcast that you could go get if you want to do a recycle or a retread of a coach. You go get Mark Jackson. You go get uh, Jeff Van Gunn. If you're going to get somebody new, get one of these up-and-coming assistants, pluck somebody from these teams that are in the playoffs right now, pluck somebody from um, Golden State, pluck somebody new from Milwaukee, pluck somebody new from Memphis, pluck somebody new from um, uh, Miami. Don't If you're going to do it, I'd rather do it like that. Don't go go out and get a retread coach. Look at Boston. Look at Memphis. They went and got two new coaches. They were both assistants elsewhere. And look at what they've done with what they got. Sometimes retreads don't work all the time. You got to get new. And you got to bring in newer newer ideas, people that can reach uh, these players. One coach that I was thinking about while we were talking, Gabe, uh, I don't know if he'd be considered a retread coach, but he is a very underrated coach, and that is Nick Nurse from the Toronto Raptors. You saw, even without Kawhi, they won a title with Kawhi. He takes them back to the playoffs without Kawhi, and Toronto has done a great job developing players like Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Fleet. I don't necessarily think Nick Nurse is a retread. I just think that he is underappreciated in Toronto, and he is a very underrated head coach that could probably get the job elsewhere in a different market. I agree. I, I, I like Nick Nurse. I just think I think he just needs to. I think it's his time has come. Uh, has run his course in Toronto, and he needs to go somewhere else. I absolutely agree with stay, you. If he stays there, the expectations are not that high. But if he stays there, he's going to wear himself out, and he's going to get fired. So why not leave on your own? That's just me, though. I would leave on my own. I wouldn't want nobody to force me out. I absolutely agree with you, Gabe. Gabe, as always, uh, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. And uh, before we go, uh, how's the basketball going for you? Well, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm I'm kind of uh I'm kind of hoarse a little bit trying to get my voice back. Uh, but basketball is going good. We're currently um, in AAU right now, and um, I've got some players that are uh, playing, so I've been out watching them and. I'm coaching AAU myself, and we're just getting ready for the summer, trying to uh, get ourselves ready for next year. Are you hosting any summer basketball camps for girls under the age of 18, like ages like 6 to 18? Yes, we're uh, we're doing a kids' camp um, June, June 8th through the 10th for 1st grade through 8th grade at Ezell Hardy. That is awesome. Yeah, so we're – we're we're doing that. Registration is going on right now. Um, so we're we're just just trying trying to uh get the word out and uh and, and plus it up a little bit and everything. So we're we're doing small things right now. You know, you gotta start them early. It's a shame that my daughters don't like basketball because I live in the same subdivision with the Columbus State women's head basketball coach. And he mentioned his basketball camps 
And I mentioned it to my oldest daughter and she's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> so you, you got to start them young. You just, just got to have that love for basketball. Right. And that, you know, that's the, that's the thing, you know, we try to, even with my, with my girls, I try to get them out there uh, so that they can go uh, just, just go play. I just get them out there and let them play and, uh, and everything. So it, it, it's just having that, having that, uh, that passion and that love. It just make I try to make camps fun uh, when we do it for the little kids because you don't want to uh, you don't want to turn them away. You just want to want to have fun with it. That is great. Uh, again, thank you for being a guest on the podcast, Gabe. As always, hope to have you back on. Hope you have a great weekend. You too, man. Appreciate you having me. All right, that was Gabe Reynolds, who is the head basketball coach at Ezell Harding. I'm probably going to have to start introducing you as that. Uh, just makes the title just sound amazing. Um, also, with just a former colleague of mine at Freed Harmon University, assistant uh, student coach at Freed Harmon, and just, just has the love for basketball and a passion for sports like you can't imagine. And I appreciate Gabe being on the podcast once again. That's all the time we have here on the show. Thank you, everybody, so much for downloading the podcast and listening on WQEE as our audience is continuing to grow. And when you have that radio audience, it's just always just an amazing just market. It's just a, it's, you're tapping into a different market. And it's just amazing. So hope everybody has a great weekend, and we'll talk to you Monday. Bye. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.